0: What is up everyone? I hope you're doing fantastic tonight. It is Wednesday, July 14th, and I'm here with Shawan Humes for episode number 212 of the MMA Ratings podcast. How are you doing there, Siobhan?
1: Uh No complaints, man. Just staying, busy. staying they busy, uh, busy. They haven't come to put you back on a plantation yet, have they? Not quite, but... Every time I start walk, I'll be jogging free, f- carefree, and people just see to be getting angry for no reason. Are you just gonna be jogging around here? Like, Wait, yeah,
0: you in Texas.
1: Yeah, by Joyce. Yeah, <laughs>
0: uh, got- I use it. I put my hoodie on and
1: hit hit the road. Hoodie, you jogging outside in Texas in a hoodie? Yes, yeah. You got two little girls to worry
0: about, man.
1: What you doing? i uh, I'm always outside anyway, so it just conditions me to the heat. Because I'm always, I'm just used to it now. I'm like. It's 190. I'm fine, because I'm I, that's what I run in. Uh, well, it's not safe. I will not recommend <laughs> it for
0: anybody else. It's not safe at all. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't even got anything to say after that. It's really not safe. Um, let's go ahead and jump into today's show, but before we do, as always, thank you to everyone that's taking the time to listen to this content. As always, you can find us in a bunch of different places. Uh, let's see, before Michael gets mad at me, uh, you can find us at mmaratings.net and .com. You can check us out both of those spots. Um, you can hit us up on social media at MMA Ratings Net in Instagram and on Twitter. Podcasts, you can go over to YouTube at MMA Ratings. So hit us there first. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Spotify. You can hit us in all those places at once. But we got a couple of different things to talk about today, and we're going to jump right in and hit the Conor McGregor situation from Saturday, where he loses to Dustin Poirier because he injured his leg in the, at the end of the first round, at, at the end of the first round of their fight on Saturday. And Before we even talk about the injury, though, Siwon, let's talk about what we saw in the five minutes of the contest. What were some of your takeaways with the first five minutes of action from um, Saturday's main event?
1: Well, one of my takeaways is that Conor McGregor is not a fan of the show, because he sure as hell didn't do what I I suggested. Um, It was weird to me after the fight ended, a lot of people kept saying, like, now, I believe Dustin was winning the fight. It was clear. It looked like he was heading towards the stoppage in the second round. But what shocked me, so many people made it seem like it was one-way traffic. Was Conor getting the better of it? No. But on the feet, it really was 50-50. It wasn't, anybody wasn't really dominating. The mistake came when Conor went for that guillotine. I don't know why he went for that. Some people told me he knew his foot was broken and he was doing that to to kind of hide it sure sure not i don't know when he broke his foot or broke or uh, damaged it and then made the made the damage worse later on in the fight i don't know when that happened but essentially on the feet it was a fi- it was the exchanges were 50 50. dustin mm-hmm. rocked him and he went for the guillotine and that's pretty much where the fight where he got dominated as we mentioned before dustin's a better grappler positionally and submission-wise, Dustin's a better wrestler positionally as far as holding position and getting position. So you have a better wrestler, a better grappler, and you go for a submission on him early when he's fresh. I mean, you had to expect what happened to happen. And had that not happened, I think the fight would have been more competitive moving back and forth. I'm not one of these people who thinks Connor is done. I think the biggest issue with Connor is – his game has been figured out his game is really simplistic it's like we talked about last week he maintains his range he's good with one to three shots after that he gets a little sloppy offensively he gets a little easier to hit defensively he's very good at what he does but he hasn't shored up any of the weaknesses his intermediate boxing skills have not gotten better his ability to correctly and skillfully leg kick has hasn't gotten better and a lot of the 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 setups and the strikes he used are pretty much the same setups and strikes he used three to four years ago. The spinning kick, the left hand, you know, mm-hmm. maintaining kind of a karate stance, even the leg kick thing. We've all seen that before. There hasn't been very much procre- progression. So you know Connor's good because the fact that he can land that left hand and land those kicks is impressive because everybody knows they're coming. You know what he's going to do. It's just a matter of is he good enough to land it. But now at that weight class, his power doesn't carry as much. And now it's harder to close out performances because, one, the power is not a difference, and, two, guys know how to counter and how to parry, and then they also know that you can't fight past a certain pace and there's whole ranges they can engage you in that you have to completely avoid to maintain your effectiveness offensively and defensively. He had moments. He he landed the left hand. When Dustin came after him, he tried to land another one, but he missed, and Dustin got in on him. But that's the thing. It's easy to scout Conor McGregor. You know what he's going to do. You know he's not going to come out and shoot for a takedown. The most surprising thing he did was the guillotine, and that was the worst thing he could have possibly done. If, I don't care what was damaged on him. There was no possible way that guillotine was going to end in anything other than him being out position and, and beaten on the ground. I, I don't. That was like an act of a desperate person. So um, I enjoyed the fight for what it was. I don't think Connor looked nearly as bad as people think he said, said he did. I think that Dustin looked very good, but I expect Dustin looked good. Dustin's fought a lot in the past two years frequently against high level guys, which means not only has he improved technically he's gotten to test it out through a variety of different opponents over and over so he's refined his game this is still Connor's like in this past what three or four years Connor's one in three or something
0: no less than that well
1: he's I think
0: one in three in his last uh he's he's won he's lost his last two and then he's lost three of his last five
1: and that's that's over like what a three four year period maybe, maybe a little bit longer than that like um how many times has Dustin fought since then like twice a year he's fought like probably close to not seven to ten times
0: yeah he fought once in 2020 um twice this year I think twice in 2019 so yeah, he he's been staying pretty active. What I wanted to say, so like let's take a step back because you said that Connor looked he looked good from the start. And I mean he he started out very well, maintaining range and playing in those positions. I think where he really kind of messed up is after he got rocked by Poirier, you see him kind of going for a clinch. And that's that's where it really started going downhill from there. That's when he was able to get pushed back up against the cage and he was um taken down or he was being taken down, he decided to jump
1: for the uh choke, but he sold Dustin's move, that, that's yeah, Dustin yeah. For him. and yeah. it never works for Dustin either. It never works for him,
0: like that's he the one thing, thing Dustin works. always
1: failed at, and then he tried it.
0: The last time I've ever seen that work was like Ricardo, I made a what 15 years ago. Um, yeah. that like you just can't try to defend a takedown like that anymore, and that's what he did. and He ended up getting himself put in some very, very bad. Positions there. I will say that uh, I found it interesting that he looked he, he was he, he was throwing more leg kicks on the feet. And I love how the crowd kind of got excited because he threw a leg kick as, as if that was the that was what he needed in the first fight to save him from, from getting knocked out. But he looked like he was really ready to come in there. And and do a little bit more work, but he was he look he was definitely looking exhausted at the end of the at the end of the first round, even before the injury. When they get back to their feet, he was winded, and you saw him breathing breathing heavy from being on bottom and trying to get up from that position there. So let's
1: talk about what... one, one second, real quick. Real quick, I think you highlighted a very good point. The thing about it. Like Connor, I don't I don't even know that he's worse as a fighter. because Everybody keeps saying he's worse. I don't know if he's actually worse as a fighter, but if he if he stayed the same, it's like the compared the Golden State Warriors, even though they were still dominant, other teams were catching up to them. Before they were talented and had a scheme and had a style that nobody had seen before. But over the period of time, the gap between them and the rest of the league was not nearly the way it was the first early. And it's the same thing with Connor. The thing about Connor's thing, his style is before he had the power, he could just put you away. You didn't have time to find the chinks in an armor because he just knocked you out. Now that he's being forced to go into exchanges, be extended, you start seeing that his defense isn't quite that good under duress. You start seeing that his combinations aren't sharp. The jab, the left hand, sharp, sharp, sharp. He gets past the third punch. It starts getting kind of slappy. He starts getting out of position. You only find that out the longer the fight goes. And since he doesn't have the power to keep you off, you can force these exchanges. Dustin's gotten a lot better. I don't even know that Connor's dropped off. Connor might be very similar to what he's done, but the mistakes I would say that happen is, like you said, going in for the clinch. What he should have done, we talked about that. There's no point in getting in any sort of extended exchange, clinching, anything. That's mm-hmm. not his game. That's only going to allow Dustin to impose his will. When he got rocked, what he should have done is done with a normal Connor McGregor thing, take an extra step back well, so Dustin over-pursues, and then run Dustin into a shot. Get Dustin to over-pursue chasing you. You don't meet him because you no longer have the power to just put his lights out. You make him chase. That was the whole point of the spinning kick, all that stuff early. That was to get Dustin out of his shell. Dustin was poised, but when Dustin had him hurt, Dustin was going for the kill. Connor takes the half step back. He can run him right into a straight left to the body, run him right into a straight left to the head. But he instead started trying to punch back with him and tie him up. He doesn't have the skill set to engage him in that area. He, and he doesn't have the power to just blow his way through it anymore. The biggest hole I saw with Connor is his team. The improvements they made, if he would have started leg kicking in the first fight, he very well may have, may have won it. But they're like, they're like a fight behind. They made improvements like the first fight was just going to continue, not assuming that Dustin Poirier knows, well, he's probably going to throw leg kicks back at me because I kicked him in the leg. It's like the most predictable thing Connor could have done. And they're just a step behind. They're a step behind everybody. Um, a guy, before we move on, a guy on Twitter, MMA Codex, we were talking about it. And he goes basically, John Kavanaugh is a pretty good coach who lucked into a world class talent. And because Connor likes him and he can deal with Connor, Connor stayed there and made Kavanaugh look better than he is. Because Kavanaugh has not produced a top 15 fighter outside of Connor, nobody else. He doesn't his best adjustments are calm down breathe be under control he doesn't actually make technical adjustments on the fly and he doesn't make adjustments that his fighter can actually execute some of the stuff he's trying doesn't fit his toolkit and doesn't fit his strengths and weaknesses and everything that Connor's done on his, done so far is pretty much Connor figure things out and in his individual styles the leaning left hand some of the stuff that's all his kind of that's his concoction John Kavanaugh just kind of keeps him under control, and points him in a direction. I don't think he makes him better. So has Conor gotten worse? Conor can still beat a lot of guys in the UFC. That, that beating he took that everybody said he was so tired in, if Michael Chandler would have taken those shots from Poirier, he would have been out. We saw Michael Chandler go out. Mm-hmm. If Oliveira would have been taking the shots, I believe Oliveira would have been out too. People make it seem like getting, getting beat up by a number one lightweight, possibly a top five lightweight of all time, somehow means you can't fight. It just means he's not elite anymore. But there's a big thing between elite and just being trash. I felt he could have done better. I felt he came out with a little bit more energy. But the fact of the matter is all the adjustments he made, he made that a fight earlier. We have a competitive fight. But he's a step behind everybody technically, and he's a step behind everybody strategically. Partly because he hasn't fought a lot, and partly because his camp relies on his ability and his talent to win fights for him. They don't have technical answers. Just land this more. Conserve your energy. That's great. That's fine. How do I conserve my energy? He didn't even use a jab. Did you notice? He's got a good jab. Where was the jab?
0: Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people were talking about he had he he had a different energy about him leading in, into the fight. Even my brother, we were watching the uh, fight when we were working on Saturday. He pointed out that Conor looks off just from like the walk to the cage and like how he was um, carrying himself in the cage in comparison to the last couple of fights and, I, and looking at the way he acted afterwards there may be some truth behind that because he he hasn't he doesn't look like that guy anymore at least not from that standpoint I want to talk I want to stick. I'm going to stick within the physical component of this first before we talk about everything else that happened around the fight what did you think was going to happen if he wasn't injured and they came out for the second round
1: the way he was trending, because he doesn't have knockout power more, I don't know that he could turn the fight around. He was clearly tired, and I don't think he, he lands a knockout shot. I, I feel like the fight might have gone somewhat similar to the first fight, um, maybe gone a little bit longer, because I don't think Connor was just going to serve himself up to be leg kicked. I, I don't. The reason, it's not that I think he's incapable of winning. I don't know that they can make a technical adjustment to address what's happening. That's the problem connor has got his old fail. He's got his three to five things he does well. And then he sprinkles in some new stuff. But it's all stuff we've seen before. So what is, my question is, if, if, I, if I believe he could win, what adjustment would Connor make in the second round? Now, they talked about these adjustments. But why wouldn't you make these adjustments in the first round? Why would you allow certain things, a certain amount of momentum to be given away in the first round? When you kind of know you've limited, you have limited gas tank. You're not a knockout puncher. You're going to have to work hard to get this win. Why not come out early, set a tone, and at least have some momentum going in the second round? What they're saying makes sense, but they don't have any— they, I heard nothing from anybody in this corner before after the fight that tells me they had figured Dustin Poirier out. They basically said, if Conor's more aggressive, that'll be enough. And that wasn't going to be enough. There are areas he had to avoid, areas he had to excel in, and mistakes he couldn't make. That didn't happen so i don't know i don't know that he could have turned it around because i don't know that he still figured out what dustin was doing and why dustin was so successful about him where was the body work high low to the body where was that where was the jab he's got a good jab if he jab that helps you maintain distance you can jab from a boxing stance and still go into your front kick your teeth leg kick you can spin kick you can do all that there was none of that it's like he just assumed if i come in sharper that'll be enough and while we i said that i believe he'll be sharper i felt all the tools would be sharper. He would use the full toolkit. I'm not in the business of giving away rounds to elite level competition. That's stupid. So it's most likely he would have lost by the second or third round because his history and his camp's history, they don't make adjustments very well. They rely on you being able to take over and dominate from word go to the end and maybe hold on late. I've never seen Connor really turn a fight around, like really turn a fight around. I've never really seen it. He survived. He, he's being able to navigate rough waters, but has he ever really just turned a fight around He was losing?
0: No. I haven't
1: seen
0: it. Let me ask you this. What did you see from Poirier? Did we see enough of him to let you think he'd add, he'd add it to his game? Or did we not see enough of that? Um I, the, the main thing for me, and I think we kind of saw this in the last fight too, we've seen this a little bit in his growth since that loss to Conor McGregor, is that he was very poised leading up through the whole fight, the, the circus around it. And you could tell he was oh he was tired of the shit. He was over it, but he still remained poised from a I need to go on there and compete and ex- execute the game plan standpoint. What did you did you see anything different from him or any new wrinkles in he, his game?
1: The main wrinkles like you said the poise because in the first fight, the first time they fought, Connor had the mystique, he had the momentum. Connor got under his skin and Dustin was making mistakes he doesn't normally mistake. Usually Dustin doesn't lunge in like that and lean in even even before when he wasn't as good a striker. He used to be a little bit sharper, a little bit more meticulous and thoughtful in his striking because he'd faced good strikers before. Against Connor, he was just so determined to whoop his ass, he walked into a shot. The biggest adjustment I've seen over the period is he's not serving himself up to Connor. Connor does Connor's like the same way Leota Machida backs up and Chuck Liddell used to back up, they don't Anderson Silva as well, they don't, Anderson Silva, when he can't get you to open up, he doesn't throw more volume, he starts clowning you to make you come in and create an opening for him to get. Connor taunts you, he talks trash to you, gets you out of your mindset where you want to teach him a lesson, and he punishes you. Dustin is not doing that. Dustin's making him find the holes, making him find the chinks in his armor. And so one, Dustin's not serving himself up. Two, Dustin's boxing's got better, his boxing defense. He can stay at range and slip and roll and counter to the head or to the body. And when he's pressuring, he has a tight enough defense that he can get off in an angle, get to the body, shift, he can shift if he wants to, or he can just come in behind the jab, come over shots and counter. So the depth of his skills improve, but if his poise had not improved if he hadn't grown mentally, the skills wouldn't matter because he would still serve himself up. Connor's whole thing was to fluster him or hurt him early to get him to over pursue. Because if you over-pursue against Connor and give him an easy read, he still can knock Dustin out. He can still mm-hmm. ring Dustin's bell and knock him out. All Dustin is doing is making Connor have to find the openings. Instead of, instead of me giving you the opening, you have to find it or you have to create it through pressure. And when, and when Connor starts pressuring and coming in, his advantage of his timing and his quick one-shots disappear because he's no longer on the counter. Now he's got to react to my, my offense. Instead of drawing me in, making a read, and blasting me, now he's got to come in and I can react to his offense, and his offense is really consistently straight left. Maybe it's lead uppercut, lead hook. It's not very structured. It's not very connected, and it's not always very well set up. His whole thing is based on his timing, his timing and his accuracy. He doesn't really have a structured set of things to get the openings. So when he's pressuring trying to get to Dustin, Dustin is just making the reads. He's only got to make two or three, and he's just taking them apart. And Connor's got to work through Dustin's offense, which is multi-layered, which Connor isn't comfortable doing. If you notice, when Connor does one thing, the leg kicks, everything else goes away. He's throwing a straight left hand, the jab's gone, everything's going away. When he's doing his old karate stance, he can't, he doesn't mix it up. It's very one-note. So the best thing that Dustin did—he's already better wrestler, already better grappler. He's just layered his striking. It's balanced. He can be offensively effective and defensively sound. And because he's layered it, he has, he has elements. It can overload Connor's ability to make a read. Connor can't overload him because Connor only does really consistently three to five techniques. And, and about three of those techniques only show up if the first two techniques are consistent or game changers. So,
0: a couple of different places I want to go before we move on to the rest of UFC 264. First thing is Connor, is, today's his birthday actually. He's turning 33 years old today. Um, this is a catastrophic injury that people are saying he's expected to be out until January of next year. That's the uh, medical suspension he yes, received. Uh, we'll put him out until January. Do, what level of Connor do we see upon his, his return? Does he come back looking like the Connor that starched Eddie and Jose? Does he come back looking like a little bit of a slower step than that? We have some guys to kind of look at from a – Standpoint as like a measuring stick. Um, Anderson Silva, Chris Weidman, they were older in their careers. Though Tyron Spong, he had the same injury as well too. What do we expect Connor to look like if he is to return in January at the earliest?
1: Connor's obviously physically is in decline. Being out of the game has added on to that. Not to mention that in his last, the Nate Diaz fights took a lot of punishment. Eddie didn't. Floyd Mayweather took a lot of punishment. Khabib took a fair amount of punishment. Dustin got stopped. Dustin broke his leg. He's taken a lot of punishment because he's gone into these, especially in the Dustin fight, he did a quick turnaround. He's trying to make all these changes. He's he's diving into a camp all of a sudden. He's When you're training, you know, is training for to be a fighter, you're traumatizing your body to get these skills and develop your approach. I, I can't imagine he'll be more athletic. And the hard part about it is he hasn't developed enough ancillary skills to mask it. Anderson Silva had lost a step years before, but he developed defensive measures, footwork, different setups that allowed him to seem like he was still Anderson. He hadn't been Anderson in like seven years, but because of all the layered defense and his kind of baiting people and his showmanship, people would still see flashes. People still thought he was Anderson because he'd have those moments of brilliance. Connor's moments of brilliance are so far between. I can't imagine you see a different one, because he's going to have to be, he's going to have to rehab, and then he's going to have to figure out what he can do as far as training. He has any setbacks, then that's another two or three months setback. I assume he would seem you're going to see the same Connor. If if they want to see a different Connor, what they need to do is what they what I said before, after the first fight and before the fight with Dustin. Stop putting him in with elite guys Let him get two or three fights in a row against lesser opponents and build up to an elite guy. Give him a fair shot. When you're a timing fighter, when you're a fighter with a very specific skill set, your skill set, your execution has to be flawless. It's like if all you can do is shoot, you have to be a great shooter. Otherwise, you can't be on the floor. Connor has not been in enough training camps for his body to be conditioned to a certain amount of punishment or his body to be conditioned for the rigors of mixed martial arts. Secondly, Connor has not been in enough training camps and sparring to have his timing down the way he needs it, so that he can execute to the fullest extent of his ability. Third, his camp has not worked on adding skills in for when he loses a step. They've been training him like he's going to be Connor at the peak of his ability forever. Dustin Poirier's team knows Dustin isn't going to always be Dustin, so we need to start. His chin won't always be there. Let's get that defense cut tightened up. His power isn't devastating at 55. Let's throw combinations different multi-levels. His, even, even with all that, throwing combinations is, is going to put him in the light of fire. We need to get that clinch game, that takedown game, and that submission game better. He can't jump for guillotines and set himself up for failure. They've made adjustments. Connor's team hasn't. So I would expect him to look fairly similar. I really would hope that they would give him like a Tony Ferguson. Hell, see if you can get Anthony Pettis back from the PFL. He needs fights. He needs fights against non-elite guys, so that he can get his timing, he can build up his stamina, he can correctly condition his body, and he can start making technical adjustments that are going to put him, give him a leg up or give him a fair shot against elite guys. Against the bottom half of the top, I mean, I still believe he can knock out Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler can't take a punch. I still believe he can knock out Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira is most dangerous in his first two rounds. Conor McGregor is most dangerous in his first two rounds. There's people he can beat but it requires a certain amount of dedication and time spent on making tweaks to his game and making sure he is fully physically and mentally capable of executing when it's live. Facing the number one or number two guy in division is not going to help you get better. It's a shortcut. And Anthony Pettis made the same mistake when he lost. He kept trying to fight top-ranked guys and kept losing instead of taking a step back and building himself back up. Connor needs to build himself back up. He will not be as fast. His timing will not be as sharp. Whatever power he has, he'll still have it, but his ability to take punishment, and we don't know if his body's breaking down as well. So I expect to see him be somewhat similar. I would hope they would start making some kind of adjustments or he would bring in some kind of help, because at this stage, he's just setting himself up for worse and worse beatings. And I really hope that he does not go into a fourth fight with Dustin Poirier. Put two wins together, then go after Dustin. Because Dustin's been active before. Dustin's been active during. Dustin will be active after. So he's going to have another two fights, and then your your first fight will be back for the title. Like, Dana clearly doesn't care about this man anymore. Dana doesn't. His team doesn't. Because they're acting like they're cashing him out. They're putting him into situations that even in the best-case scenario are 50-50.
0: When he does return, I think he does need to pick up some wins. Like, that Michael Chandler fight will be a good fight to pair them up against, kind of let the winner work their way out from there. Or even if they had them fight RDA, I would love to see that fight from years ago that, that they've tried to book. They even had RDA there as the backup for last weekend. So I, I would love to see that happen.
1: Um, I would like an RDA, like a combination of RDA, Ferguson, Hooker, someone like someone that like can give him rounds, but guys who the book is out on. We know what the book is on Hooker. We know what the book is on RDA. And if he can't beat those guys, he doesn't need to be going into a title fight. He can make money versus anybody. Anybody you match him up with will sell a million buys. So you don't have to throw him in with Dustin. If he wins two in a row and he faces Dustin in a four fight, that fight is huge. We're talking about possibly a three million seller because he'll be on a street. He'll be in full form with wins behind him. He'll be unbearable. Everybody will love it. But they can't just throw him in like that. Or if, well, if they, they can't because he does he, he's. He's that he's a competitor. He wants the best. That's his job. Somebody's job around him is to say, that's not what we're doing, Connor. You be cowboy, now be Tony, now be Hooker, now get Dustin. Three fights in a row, three camps, three fights. Now you're ready. Not next step. And I and I still think he could I still believe there's a slim chance he could beat him, but you have to, to prepare properly. Dustin's been super active. He's super sharp. His body's conditioned, his cardio's there. We're we're just hoping that Connor is good enough. That's what I said. I was like, I assume Connor will be sharper and he'll be good enough. I didn't mention his team because I don't think they do a good enough job to help him win. I think he's been carrying them, and it's finally getting to be too much. Yeah,
0: the only but, other I can think about that's out of that camp is a kid in uh, Bellator. Um, the
1: 35-pounder, I think, or the yeah. 25. He I has think. not faced an elite guy, and even he trains with another camp now part-time.
0: Oh, see, I didn't even know that. Um, I want to talk about Poirier one last time before we move on to other topics. Um, do you favor him to beat Charles – Oliveira. For a minute there, I thought he—I thought they already fought. They haven't, but they've been around in the same weight classes for so long that I figured that they did. But if they were to face each other right now, I think Poirier is the favorite from an odds maker standpoint. How do you, do you favor Poirier over uh,
1: Dobrox? The only thing Charles Oliveira has better on him is he's grappling. He's not as good a wrestler defensively or offensively. He's a much better striker, but he doesn't hit as hard, and he hasn't. To be, I keep telling people the best person he's beat recently is not his best career win. Michael Chandler wouldn't be the best win of Dustin Poirier's career. Um, I think Dustin's durable enough, more physical. I think he can be in a tougher, grueling fight and win. Basically, I think Charles Oliveira's best chance is to jump on Dustin early and finish him or snatch a submission. If Dustin is coming on point, being defensively sound, coming in behind a jab and making Oliveira work, I think Oliveira is going to find the the openings. Most of the guys he's faced have given him the finish. He's been able to out-athlete them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been able to surprise them. He's been able to overwhelm them. I don't know that he does that against Dustin Poirier. Can he do it? Sure. But a lot of those guys he faced, they were pretty clear avenues to beat them. It was pretty obvious how you beat them. I don't know that he fights the guys that Dustin fought and he does any better than them. I'm pretty sure Dustin does just as well against every single person that um Oliveira beat.
0: Yeah, I would I would be worried about Oliveira grabbing a hold of something and then going downhill from there. But outside of that, I think that Poirier could hang for him. I would hang with him. Uh, let's talk about some of the other action from this past Saturday where we got Gilbert Burns stifling everything that Steven Thompson had to offer and picking up a decision victory over that. That win kind of surprised me there. I, I was picking Thompson. I thought he would be able to keep Burns off of him, but he wasn't able to get that job done. What were your thoughts about that co-main event?
1: Uh, Thompson looked old. He looked fairly yeah. listless. Um, I don't know if he just was old. I don't know if it's he's been looking good because he's when he faces guys who are inferior to him, because you've seen fights where he's looked dynamic. Jorge Masvidal, uh, Vincent um, uh, what's the other guy? Oh, Jeff Neal. A, he just fought. Was that Jeff Neal? Yeah. Yeah,
0: okay.
1: He looked, he looked dynamic. He looked like a world beater. And then it's something that nobody likes to talk about. And I, I wasn't sure about Gilbert because I wasn't sure how, how much I buy into Gilbert Burns being elite. But when he, St- Stephen Thompson faces a certain threat level, he tends to get pretty safety first. He won't let his hands go. He won't fire off when clear openings aren't there. And um, he, that's the, that, he was just gunshot. He wouldn't pull the trigger against Burns. He looked scared. Not scared like I'm fearful of him, but scared to get taken down, scared to get countered. He wasn't, the lead leg wasn't there. None of the straight punches was really there. Um, he let Gilbert basically dictate the whole entirety of the fight. And I didn't think Gilbert would take him down like that. But Thompson was just standing right in front of him. He wasn't really firing any volume. I didn't really see movement or angles. He seemed like a step slow. It just seemed like overnight he lost it. And um, I don't know if that tells me more about Gilbert or that just tells me that Thompson's time as an elite fighter is done. Because this was, on paper, a good matchup for him, and it wasn't even really competitive.
0: Yeah, it was definitely interesting seeing him because he did look a step slower. (laughs) than he had in last fights. Even like not even necessarily slower on pulling the trigger, but his movement, circling off the cage and getting his back away from the cage, all of that looked a step slower there. What do you do with Gilbert after this win? Because the UFC is adamant about putting Kobe Covington in there next for um, Kamara Usman. I was hoping that they would go in another direction, but you know it is what it is. What do you do with him next? Do you
1: I, I expect up? I expect Leon Edwards to call him out. I don't know if they put him in Leon Edwards, but if I'm Leon Edwards, if I beat Burns, I automatically, I have to get a shot after Colby Covington. So now Burns has got that X on his spark because the the next title fight is listed. You're the guy who's probably next in line. So I want, the question is, does Burns sit out for six, seven, eight months, or does Burns take another fight in between? Um, I mean, there's a title line, so I I don't know why. I think that
0: fight looks like uh, Gilbert Burns versus Leon Edwards.
1: I mean given that Gilbert really seemed to fight well I don't I don't really know because I don't think I think Gilbert is fairly one-note as a striker and even though he's he got takedowns on Thompson I don't know if that's a matter of him or that's a matter of Thompson just losing a step I mean he took advantage of it so there there that's cool but that wasn't the same Thompson I saw 6 months ago 8 months ago a year ago he just He just didn't seem like he he seemed like the lights came on and and he was done. Mm -hmm. Um, I I would have to say he he beats Edwards as good as Edwards is. Edwards tends to go on cruise control, and if you can stay on him and make him work, he's going to give up something at some point. Everybody's had a certain amount of success against Gilbert, against Leon Edwards. From um, pretty much everybody's fought, he's he's always had moments, and he tends to fight kind of stupid himself up. He doesn't really have a. As much as he talks about his striking, his ability to box efficiently and and without burning a lot of energy isn't there. When Nate was chasing him, he was throwing a bunch of volume and trying to get away from him. He wasn't pivoting and taking angles and out-positioning him. He was almost running away from him and then landing some shots and running away from him. He didn't seem to have any idea how to stop Nate or how to put up enough volume to put Nate away. He was just... Hidden go, hidden run, hidden run, hidden run, and then almost got finished late by a guy who's not a known puncher and who's not particularly physical as far as his actual strength. So I would think Burns' physicality is too much for him. I would think Burns' power is too much. The only question is, can Burns fight at pace for five rounds? Yeah, that's a big question. Because both of them aren't great. So I, I don't know that Burns can fight at pace against somebody who's not going to just roll over. Somebody who's got the skills and the will to to punch back. But I'd have to favor and I think. And I think he's looked better. I mean, Leon Edwards has spent the better part of a year and a half avoiding Stephen Thompson just so he could fight uh Nate Diaz and um Bilal Muhammad. And it's like that win over Thompson would have guaranteed him a shot. And he's running from it. And Gilbert Burns has, once again, earned his position as a ne- his next challenger outside of Colby Covington.
0: So then we also had um, Tai Tuolvasa knocking out Greg Hardy in the first round of their fight. I think the biggest thing I want to talk about with this is the fact that Greg Hardy does not have any wins over anyone that is still in the UFC. What does that tell you about his um, level of skill?
1: Uh, He's got a surface level of skill. He can throw kicks. He can throw punches fairly well. I mean, if he's on the street, it's almost like the Kimbo thing. If he was on the street, you would think he's amazing. But he hasn't put enough time in. You know, like you, he's got great athletic talent. And the worst thing about that is because he's so fast, he's so explosive, it seems like he's catching on faster than he is because there are certain things he can just get out of based on athleticism. Very few people are going to hold him in positions he doesn't want to hold in. Even against guys who are much more experienced and more have more functional skills. He's still going to land shots. He hurt Vasa. He hurt him in the fight because of just off athleticism and aggression. Just off athleticism and aggression, he's going to have a certain amount of success. But the fact of the matter is, I don't really, I know he knows how to fight. He doesn't know how to fight back. He doesn't know how to defend himself because when he came in, his shots were wide. His chin was up in the air. He's not a natural fighter. He's an athlete who knows how to fight a little bit. And because of that, he doesn't know how to manage his energy. He's not defensively responsible. He has no real structure to what he's doing. It's not like he comes out and jabs, or he comes in and puts combinations, or you, know, one-two leg kick. It's, it's none of that. It's just a lot of regression and, I don't know, subpar execution. I don't think he's a good fighter. I think his athleticism and his physicality has allowed him to be competitive with fighters. He has no right in being in the cage with everybody. He's fought of any, any measure is much better than him. It's just the fact that he's a big, strong super athlete that allows him to even look like he should be in the cages. But based off of skill and ability to make adjustments on the fly, he doesn't really have any. And even though the fights against the guys who's not the UFC, he only won those off of aggression and big bombs. He's kind of like Derek Lewis if Derek Lewis didn't know how to fight. That that that's the thing they really have in common. They're big strong athletes. And so Derek Lewis has an IQ and an awareness and an identity that he builds certain tools around. So he has his system of fighting. Greg Hardy doesn't have a system of fighting. He's just a big strong guy who knows how to kick and punch. But that doesn't work against guys who can take punches and return punches. He looks good throwing, all right, but he punches are coming back at him. And he doesn't have any cardio either. So he's a great idea. A great specimen, but as a fighter, he's subpar at best. I mean, and at heavyweight, that's that's really saying something to be subpar as a technician at heavyweight. That that's pretty much an insult. Like that that's the worst insult you could give a fighter. You're you're bad technically for a heavyweight. Like that's like kill your whole family kind of insult. Do we think the UFC does away with them? I don't think that they cut him in any way, shape, or form. Before I make a comment. As angry as Dustin was about what Connor said about his wife, if Connor would have said your skill set is shaky for a heavyweight, Dustin might have killed him in that cage. You don't go that far. There's certain things you just don't say to a man, and that's one of them. Um, I don't know. I don't know why they kept him. It's been a lot of bad publicity. I don't know that he's a draw. He's not very good. I don't, I don't know what the obsession is with him. I guess Dana wants to give him a second chance. Mind you, he doesn't give any of these struggling fighters a second chance to come back in the UFC and prove themselves. So I don't understand. I don't understand it. Unless he's got some sick, it's like reverse psychology. Like he wants to see Greg Hardy get beat up and knocked out, and he just hides it under the guise of everybody deserves a second chance because he knows Greg, Greg Hardy's going to get fucked up. Like maybe that's why he does it. But otherwise, he's been nothing for the UFC. Nothing but problems. How many think pieces do we get about what a horrible person? How many tweets every time? he doesn't he doesn't bring in he doesn't have a fan base he's been disgraced he's not a great personality and he's not a great fighter i don't i have no idea why they keep him around to be honest except for just a live body but he's not even that anymore
0: yeah i don't think that they keep him around either um and i do think did he he comment after he got knocked out did he comment uh, he posted something on social media um i don't remember what it was but nothing of stature it's um, funny he, gonna, he
1: had, had a lot to say before the fight, getting knocked yeah. out, lost, and now we just making social media posts.
0: He was he was saying some ridiculous ass shit um, heading up to the to, to the fight that I'm not even going to repeat here. But yeah, he really was showing his ass. But he hasn't said too much post fight, and I won't be surprised if they cut him. Um, let's hit on because I want to make sure we get we talk about this weekend's fight. Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley was. Eight strikes away from putting together the record for most significant strikes landed in a three-round fight on Saturday, when Herb Dean stepped in to stop it. Two questions here: A, is Herb was Herb in the wrong for stopping it with thirty seconds left? B, when is Sean Malley going to get an actual ranked tough fight?
1: A. In theory, he was right because if you can just take somebody, a little bit of punishment off somebody, then you're always protecting the fighter. But if we're going to go by that logic, he could have stopped the fight in the second round. It was no worse a beating than he was taking in the first – or they could have stopped it in the first round. It was the same beating. It wasn't like Sean O'Malley was slowing down and hitting him less. So in a sense of fighter safety, yeah, but on the other side, you let that man take all those shots for two consecutive rounds and 90% of the third round, and you just wouldn't let him go another 30 seconds or a minute? Let, but them, is, the fight let him, him have his moral victory. If let the him have his moral victory been stopped at the end of the first round. Yeah, yeah. if you're going to stop, let him have his moral victory. I know it's not a real victory, but to come in on three days' notice against a world-class striker and to go three rounds and take that kind of punishment, let him have his moral victory where he can walk with his head. He didn't stop me. you know. But they took that from him in the guise of safety, but if you're going to be safe, you could have stopped that after the first round. You stopped that in the second round. Let's not let's not pretend safety. Let's not pretend we were looking out for him. Even though they ended up looking out for him, they weren't really trying to look out for him. They were trying to give O'Malley another knockout win. I don't know when he's going to get a top contender. He says he keeps calling for him, but you can only hide him for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, this fight, actually, to me, actually, just is fur- further proof that he's not who he says he is. His power isn't what we think it is. This guy didn't have much experience, has never faced an opponent with his talent level. And not only did he not really – he didn't really stop him. As much as he landed, he wasn't really, like, just fucking him up. The guy still kept gummy. If that guy had even decent intermediate boxing skills, he might have really hurt Sean. He got to the positions he wanted to. He just had no, no idea what to do with him against an opponent that fast and that long. Um, I can't say Sean's going to be exposed. We already know that he's a front runner, and we know that he's got a – he's like – He's basically Conor McGregor, younger version of Conor McGregor, except he's not as durable, and he's probably got a better all-round striking toolkit offensively. But he's not as durable, and he he doesn't seek out challenges. He's really in this to make as much money as he can, as easy as he can. Can't hate him for it, but it's hard to really it's really hard to respect him for the for the 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 the, the uh, career he's chosen because it doesn't show much. Heart, it doesn't show a lot of character as far as being a warrior. It just shows a guy who's who'll take whatever he can take to establish his brand and make money, which is smart, but it, it doesn't leave a lot of uh respect or warm feelings from fans who want to see fighters tested, especially fighters who talk and walk and act like Sean O'Malley. What's
0: interesting is that there was a um, what's his name, Ali Adel is talking about Frankie or someone that um. Sean Malley should fight next. I think Malley wins that fight right now.
1: Yeah. I, Edgar doesn't have his athletics anymore. He's been knocked out how many times in the past couple of years? He's been knocked out three of his last five fights. Three of his last fights, and he's taking abuse in every single one of them. He's gonna face a mobile, long, fairly hard-hitting guy with a hair trigger. Yeah, that's what Frankie Edgar needs right now. That'd be that'd be the perfect win. Because Frankie's got the game. So when he knocks him out, he can beat a former UFC champion. Dude, you you beat the ghost of a former UFC champion. That's a 50-50 fight right now. And a year and a half ago, two years ago, that would have been a s 90-10 fight in favor of Frankie Edgar. Yeah. I actually have to we have to consider O'Malley might beat him, tells you how far Frankie Edgar's gone. I mean he's, he's about to turn forty this year. Forty, right?
0: Yeah. Um, yep, he turns forty
1: this year. Um, yeah, he's just not a guy guy with so so power who's no longer durable, who can't move his feet like he used to, and his chin isn't what he used to be. And he was never hard to hit before, and he's damn sure not hard to hit now against a young, long power puncher with spinning kicks and long, long, sharp sharp strikes.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Why don't I mean, do they just want to walk The, the disgust that people have for Connor for being a hype machine is actually misplaced. O'Malley's not Connor. He's the hype machine that everybody says Connor is. That's that's what it is. But he's just young and exciting. But he, he's just not very good.
0: Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a, it'll be an interesting situation to see what he looks like um when he faces someone like a Ricky simone or someone like that, and how that kind of fares out for him. um I want to move on. Let's talk about some of the fights this weekend. I want to. Specifically, talk about the two two big women's fights this weekend and one, uh, the main event for UFC if we have time this weekend. But first and foremost, we got the, probably the biggest story from this weekend is Misha Tate returning after five years away. She retired in 2016 after getting being, beaten by Raquel Pennington. Um, she's had a very interesting time away, she had two children. Uh, she worked for 1FC for a little while, one championship, and she, out of the blue in March, announced her return to the fight game. So what do we think this, that we're going to see from her? She's 30, turn, no, she's 34, um, and she's fighting Marion Renault, who's also announced her retirement. This is going to be her last pro fight, and is 39. I think she's 40. No, she's 40. Marion's 40. What do we expect from this fight, and how do you think Misha is going to look?
1: Is this Misha's last fight? I don't know
0: if she's going to fire after this, but like I don't know if she's coming back for like a one-time deal, but it seems like this is like a legit comeback. And what is interesting to me is that she's a big enough name that if she goes in here and like blows the doors off of Marion Renault, she can find herself in the title shot because Bantamweight doesn't have any contenders right now. And that and that would be a big enough fight that you could build around for uh, Amanda Nunez if she was to keep the title around her waist. So what are you expecting to see out of Misha Tate on Saturday?
1: It, to me, it really comes down to if Misha Tate can take punishment. If her ability to take punishment, her ability to take punishment is still there, then she's going to beat Marion Renault. Renault's a good athlete. She used to be a great athlete, but she's a climb, but She's still one of the better athletes in Bantamweight. But Renault's weakness is she can't force a fight. She can't keep a fight on the feet. She can't force a fight on the ground. So she gets stuck. She gets beat and people. Start changing ranges and they attack her in the in betweens, the ranges between striking and wrestling, wrestling and grappling, grappling and wrestling. That's where she gets beat. That's where Misha Tate excels. Misha Tate is, to me, one of the highest IQ fighters of all time. She's made some dumb fight moves, but for the most part, the history of her fight is she takes some punishment and she makes an adjustment and takes over a fight, takes away a shrimp. She against Jessica eye, lighting her up on the feet made an adjustment, started outboxing her, and then beat the hell out of her on the ground. Sarah McMahon lit her up on the feet, took her down. She started scoring more on the feet. When she got taken down, she reversed her and just beat Sarah McMahon within an inch of her life. She fought Holly Home. It was a long-range distance fight. She had one takedown, almost finished. 30 seconds left, took her down, submitted her, won the title. She's good at making adjustments, but that has always required her to take a certain amount of punishment before she turns figures Figures out the pace, figures out the technique, it makes an adjustment. If she can handle punishment, if her if her will to fight through these, because she's a gritty fighter, if her will still remains to take punishment and she can react to punishment well, I don't see how she l- loses Mary Renault. Mary Renault has great individual skills, but she doesn't put them together very well. And I, I think she's on a losing streak. If I'm not correct, um, 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 she
0: did lose her last one. I think she's only. I think it's only one fight losing straight. Isn't it
1: like she's win, she's like win loses, win loses, yeah. something like that. So Mary Renault is not the most dangerous person at bantamweight, and most of the girls at bantamweight have have fa- fairly obvious limitations in their skill sets, whether it's technical. Misha we it very well make a run, but it's going to be inherently dependent on how well she takes punishment and if she's willing to really walk through fire to get where she needs to get as a fighter. If she's unwilling to do it, she won't be able to get any headway. She'll get hit and she'll fold up. Her her mind has to be totally engaged to it because she's not a power puncher. She's not a dynamic athlete. She's not a blow-you-off-your-feet wrestler. She has to be 100% engaged and willing to get into the war she used to get into for her to have a chance to win. If she's willing to, she's she'll have success. If she's not, then Renault's going to beat her because Renault can beat someone who's not going to pressure her and force her to, Fight a full mixed martial arts match and let her kind of dictate. Um, But if Misha Tate can do that, then Misha's going to win.
0: I misspoke there. First off, Mary Renault's 44 years old and she's lost four fights in a row.
1: Oh, okay. So,
0: So, yes. So, if home picks up a bit and home, if uh, Tate picks up a big win on Saturday, do you think they slot
1: her as the number one contender? They might, but if I'm if Michigan I'm and I continue to fight, I don't let them rush me. I already saw what happened to Ronda. They threw her back out there, and she got and retired. They tried to her out to two fights they shouldn't have had him in, and he's three fights, and it's cost him his reputation, wins, and his brand to a degree. I'm not letting them push me into anything. I'm going to take the appropriate time to prepare myself, get myself sharp, and get myself back in the swing of things. There's no point in trying to rush to a title fight. That's a clear way of getting yourself knocked off before you have a chance to build any momentum. She needs fights. She needs time in the cage. She needs to really see if she can, if she wants to and can handle what this comes with. We know mentally she's got the skill set. We know physically she'll be in good shape. But is she willing to walk through fire? Will she be able to maintain her composure and make adjustments? That's her whole thing. If she, can, if she doesn't have that, she can't win.
0: Yeah, I can definitely agree with you on that. I'm, I'm I'm wondering how she takes that, how she takes those first initial punches, especially to her face, because you know she's had a lot of surgery on her nose after a couple times. Nose,
1: I, I she had a um, fractured eye socket, right?
0: Yeah, so I'm wondering what it looks like when she when she gets hit. What how, how does she really kind of react to that? Um, yep. I wanted to talk about Juliana Vasquez too. She's fighting on Saturday. She's fighting Denise. Killholz, and this is an interesting fight because if you look at Killhost's record, it doesn't necessarily pop off the page. Do you think she's like nine and six, nine and five, something like that in MMA? But people forget that she was the Bellator kickboxing champion when they had their kickboxing organization around. So she's fighting Juliana Vasquez, who continues to get better and continues to improve. She's still undefeated at 11 and 0. Is this fight interesting to you? Do you are you keeping an eye on this fight, and how do you expect it to play out?
1: uh the, it's interesting to me because I, I think physicality is going to be the difference. Denise is a good striker. She has good power. She's she's clearly been like a level and a, and a half above everybody else when it comes to striking. Nobody's really tested her at any degree. I know Juliana's seems to be a good striker, but you would have to think there's going to be advantage um in the favor of keyholtz and of course she's got the judo background, but she's never faced anybody with Um, Juliana's athleticism or her physicality. Juliana really bullies girls, not just, you know, girls who lack physicality or toughness. She bullies and beats up girls girls who are known for their durability and their own physicality. Alina McFarland couldn't do anything with her. You know, she was considered a fighter who could walk you down and chop you down and put you in positions and wear you out, and she couldn't do anything with Vasquez. Vasquez essentially manhandled her and had her way with her. Christina Williams, while not the caliber of striker Keyholtz is. She has a good chin. She throws a high volume. She's been known for taking a good shot, and she can deliver a good shot. And she really couldn't keep. She couldn't. She couldn't keep her offer. She just couldn't back her up. She couldn't slow her down. She couldn't stay out the cage. She couldn't get away from the volume. She was just getting physically overwhelmed and physically bullied. So, I would expect Denise to have some success on the feet. I don't know that she can defend the takedowns. I don't know what she does when she's in those clinches, especially because she'll have to strike, as well as be concerned about takedowns or tie-ups where they're just, you know, holding on, sapping her energy so that later on the fight she's a half-second slow or she's, uh, you know, a quarter off as far as her power and her placement. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'd I have, Jule- have, to- have to favor the champion. She's got better skill set, all-around better skill set. She's more proven. She's got a deeper history in mixed martial arts, maybe not as deep as in successful as combat sports. Um, And even though Key Holtz is very sharp and she hits hard, I don't know that she's that kind of hitter. I think you can take some shots from her. I think she's got to put some volume on you to really turn the tides on you. And I think that the champion's physical enough and busy enough and can transition from ranges enough that she can handle a few rough moments and to get to the spot she needs to, and to overwhelm Denise for a win.
0: Yeah, I think that's a big fight for Bellator because they're building her up as a potential champion, which I, I think is 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 next. So I'm really kind of looking forward to what that will look like. Um, what are they gonna
1: do? What are they gonna do after her though? Like Bellator didn't have a lot of viable contenders, and they're kind of burning through them quick. Like if let's say she beats Denise. How many interesting fights are there outside of that? I mean, she hasn't fought Liz yet, has she? She has fought who? Liz. She has what Liz, in. but you know, is that really like a super interesting you know, fight? Because that Liz fight is at, Liz is at 135, so this is
0: 125, right? Yes. I mean,
1: they can't put Valerie Loretta in there. You know they want to, but they can't. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. They They don't have a lot of, they they have the same they don't have a lot of good matches i mean this is a big fight but after this unless it's a like kind of fight of the year kind of fight where you have a rematch even, regardless of who wins what's another interesting fight for either one of these girls
0: i don't know um i don't know where you where you go with that
1: yeah where you go with that oh wait wait no no you know what i don't know they they don't they don't have a do they have a bantamweight weight in no, she's at 125. Liz fights at 125, so Liz would be the next fight. But even then, that's not.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. Liz, Liz, okay, it is 125, so.
1: That's that's not a showcase fight. That's not a Oh, Liz Carmen.
0: Eh. I mean, it's the only one you have. She's the only one with a name. She's fought. She's fought two champions before. You know, that's really kind of what she brings, but that's, and she's coming off of a win, but, you know.
1: I, I just, that that lack of depth is kicking them in the ass again. It's just going to be a bunch of rematches and and bring somebody in, have them fight once, and then have them fight the champion. Don't even give them a chance to build a fan base or momentum because we don't have enough fighters to build your experience in and to build your name up. It's it's just this is probably never addressed and it, it's just getting really really old to me.
0: It really is, really is my good friend. Um, we're going to go ahead and close out the show. We've been about going for about an hour. We had quite a bit to talk about today, um, mainly MMA. So, Shuan, why don't you let everybody know what you're talking, what you're working on this week?
1: Uh, I'm going to start working on an article for uh, Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunez. I don't know if I'm going to do like a two-part where I talk about from a Nunez perspective and talk about it from Pena or if I just focus on Pena because, you know, I can't imagine there's going to be a lot of articles discussing how Pena could pull the upset because nobody thinks there's any chance in hell it's going to happen. Um, I did the Black Widow thing. I don't know if it's going to come out just because the movie already came out, so I don't know if it'll still be something that might be released later, but it's already done. Now outside of that, just trying to find interesting articles to write and interesting takes that kind of force people to think and force people to kind of get outside of their normal realm of thought. Not that, you know, everybody has a, even though MMA is supposed to be the young sport it, where people aren't conditioned to think a certain way, I find people still fall into those old tropes oh this person was losing so they were guaranteed to lose the second round like we've never seen a comeback fight in mixed martial arts and people still get mixed up in the reality of it and who i like i don't like this person so he sucks i like this person so he's better than he is and um i try to stay away from that i try to comment based off what i actually see and what's actually happening and not everybody does that so when i'm writing something i want something that's going to have some merit and some weight to it and not just try to get some attention because it has a, a, an interesting personality or it has keywords. I don't I don't like that. So I'll try to find interesting things to bring to the public's uh, attention to talk about.
0: Good stuff there, sir. Um, I am covering pro wrestling as usual, doing the damn thing there. Um, the score right now, Shawan, in game four is 95-92. Who do you have winning the NBA Finals?
1: Uh, I still going to be the Phoenix Suns. I think they're just a better team.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm still hoping that uh, it is him as well, too, because I, I think it's time.
1: It's Chris Ball time, and we
0: got to get one for one of the good guys.
1: Yeah, he, he wins one, and his, his whole reputation, his whole legacy is completely different. All I need is one.
0: All right, then, sir. Well, um, I thank you for another week, man. We'll be back here next week to talk More MMA, we got enough. There's enough going on this weekend, but it's still kind of quiet. It feels like, but I'm sure something will happen, and we'll have plenty to talk about.
1: Hey, one before we end the show, isn't it? I mean, given everything that Connor did, if this would, if he would have said and did this stuff like maybe three years ago, I can't imagine completely dominate the news like when the Khabib thing happened. It is crazy how he said and did what he did, and I understand it's an act to a certain degree, but it has not had the impact it would have had a couple years ago. Probably because he's not winning. But it's, it's crazy how he's still a presence, but he doesn't have that, like, career, that media-altering presence he had anymore. He said
0: worse stuff in the past. Um, I just think that now it's more people watching. Hmm. It's more people watching. Um, that got a lot of people's attention. But he said worse stuff in the past. And I think a lot of people, I mean, almost two million people brought this uh fight. So I think a lot more people are watching and it's not just him talking about a fighter a fighter. He's talking about murdering somebody's wife.
1: Like that's a little bit too much. Yeah. No, no, definitely. Like I said, it's just it's kinda interesting. His he's still a huge star, but it like you said, it just feels different. Like, not just his energy, but how people respond and react to him. It's it's just not as manic. He's still a star, but he's not—he's not he's that—that not uh, that, like streaking star that he was for. It's just different. It feels different. It's still a big fight week, but it just—it's just not the same anymore. I don't know that we ever, you ever get back to when he was that guy. I don't even as far as his fame. I don't know that that ever happens again. I think it's kind of hit its peak and it's just going to slowly go down. But it, it will be going the opposite direction now.
0: Yeah, it's it's it's. Um... I think it's just that more people are, are are watching, and we're at a we're at a different point now than when he fought Jose Aldo and said he was going to ride into the into, into the favelas and kill all the poor people. Like I think it's it's we're at a different point now than we were then.
1: At least he didn't say he's going to kill all the animals.
0: I mean, yeah, people would have got really mad then.
1: Yeah, I but, mean, because you know, Colby Covington just calls them animals, so we yeah. we just let a lot of stuff slide in this sport.
0: That's remember we talked about him as minimal as possible on this show. That is that is the one goal I have. And we're not we're not going to bring his name up again tonight. But we'll be back next week, Sean. Thank you again, and have a great night.
1: Thank you, sir. Have a good one.